Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll dedicate to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It's the fourth of nine blessings, known as the Beatitudes, that Jesus spoke to the crowds in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Sadly, we live in a day when many people not only don't have any desire for righteousness, but they openly hate it and even condemn it as evil. It's becoming harder and harder in this country to stand for righteousness. It seems in the nation's great wave toward tolerance of anything and everything, it requires absolute intolerance of anything and anyone who still differentiates between what is truly righteous and what is evil. So what's your attitude towards righteousness? Do you love it or do you hate it? Pastor Jim will unpack this beatitude for us all week, and here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Cultivate Your Appetite. Now understand, Jesus is not teaching that the way to salvation is hungering and thirsting after it, wanting it really, really bad. You can't achieve righteousness on your own. You can't achieve the righteousness you need, which is the righteousness which exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, the righteousness which isn't your own. That is a gift from God. And, and if Jesus is saying that you can achieve righteousness in the sense of being saved from your sin by just hungering and thirsting after it, then he's contradicting himself and a whole bunch of the rest of the Bible. What he's talking about is an intense desire for the practical visible kind of righteousness which can be seen in your life every day. It refers to the integrity and the purity of a desire. And it refers to the actions that Jesus wants you to develop. He wants you to develop righteous thinking, thinking in terms of what is upright. He wants you to have correct righteous evaluation of situations. And he wants you, yes, he wants you to commit acts of righteousness, doing the, the right thing, even if it's unpopular, even if it's unseen, but doing the right thing every opportunity. This righteousness is a, is a matter of you and me as adopted children of God demonstrating how the Lord of righteousness would act. It shows that you want to be more like your Savior. You want, to, you want to demonstrate who God is, and He is the one who is both just and the justifier. Just is the same word as righteous. He is righteous, and He's the one who makes righteous. So, of course, we should hunger and thirst after righteousness. As a matter of fact, look how the Apostle Paul prayed for friends in Christ. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. He says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent. You can read into that. 
you would want to be approving what's righteous as well. You can approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. We read um, in conjunction with one of our hymns this morning, James 3.17, the, the, the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Oh my goodness, we have a beatitude coming up. Blessed are the peacemakers who burn down buildings and tear down... St- Wait a minute. That's not quite how you make peace, is it? We want to practice righteousness. We need to be hungering and thirsting for it. That's something that godly people should be doing now in Christ. And, by the way, this wasn't new. Godly people have always known and cultivated this kind of attitude. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water brook... When when you see an animal panting, (laughs) what's going on? They're thirsty. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Or skip over to Psalm 63, verses 1 through 4. O God... You are my God, and I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. Thirsting and hungry. It in, a, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will... Bless you as long as I live. I lift up my hands in your name. Your hands are symbolic of what you do. I'm offering you everything I do. I want to glorify your name. Isn't it cool that King David took so many of our worship songs and set scripture to them? (laughs) That's a good way to learn this stuff. To remember, to cultivate the appetite for these things. Well, that's who is blessed. Now let's look at the promise that accompanies hungering and thirsting for the righteousness that God wants to show through your life. Who is blessed? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What does the blessing include? Look at the last half of verse 6. For they shall be satisfied. This is a brilliant word picture. Hungering and thirsting and being satisfied. You know, um, you have your favorite foods, right? This is um, Independence Day weekend. I mean, uh, uh, to show you're an American these days, the most, best thing you can do on July 4th is cook your best food and eat it until you can't squeeze any more in, right? All right. Well, that, that's not a terrible thing. That's, that's, that's feasting. But here's the interesting thing. You can eat your favorite foods until you can't take another bite And it's satisfying. You enjoy it. There's a reason why somebody invented the term comfort food. It it is a joyful thing. Epicureanism, if that's your whole life, not so good. But it's part of joyfully taking part in what God has provided for us in His wonderful grace. But isn't that interesting? It's what satisfies you 
that makes you want that even more. Next time you have a chance to have a feast, you still want to pick your favorite, right? We want to eat more and more of those things because they are so satisfying. So the person who, as a habit, hungers and thirsts after God's righteousness gets satisfied by learning of God's righteousness, which continues the cycle of the hungering and thirsting for God's righteousness, and you just want more and more of it. That's what satisfies. Now, the grammar of this verse and the the meaning of the word in this promise tells you four things about this blessing, and I'll just make them into a list for you. Number one, This is a satisfaction that fills thoroughly. It satisfies genuinely. The word that's translated satisfied is a Greek word that was often used for an animal that was fed until it wants no more, that just would walk away from the food. It means completely satisfied. Outside of the Bible, when the word was used for men, it describes filling with an abundance of food. In other words, to be completely filled. Or as David and Mary both said, for he has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. Psalm 107 verse 9. So it's a complete satisfaction. This is is true satisfaction. Number two. This satisfaction comes only to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Same thing we've seen in the earlier uh, Beatitudes when it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they, that little pronoun they, it doesn't need to be there in the Greek, and it is, which makes it emphatic. It means they will be satisfied only they will be satisfied. No one else can experience this satisfaction unless they have this hunger. You'll never know the fullness of God's goodness to you, nor will you know the ultimate of what He might do through you until you seek His righteousness with the kind of passion with which a starving man would dig into that meal. Or a A thirsty woman would just thank God for that glass of water. Third thing we can tell, this is a satisfaction which comes from God Himself. The verb that's translated satisfied is in the passive voice. You don't satisfy yourself. You can't satisfy yourself. You receive the satisfaction, and obviously God is the source of it. The satisfaction is not merely in the pursuit. The satisfaction is in the gift given by the one that you pursue. It's the goodness of God that gives this to you. James 1.17 says this, Every good thing given. You might read in there, Everything that Jesus promised to bless in the Beatitudes. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. The best things, the good things, they come from the hand of God. Or Jeremiah 31, uh, verse 14, I will fill the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness, 
declares the Lord. It comes from His hand. So, it is a satisfaction which is thorough. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.